I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic, where we get to know the people behind the creative industries. We are your host, music web designer, Ross Barber, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. I'm singer-songwriter, Marcin Valley. This week, we're excited to welcome Paul Marc Rousseau to the show. Paul is lead guitarist for Canadian post-hardcore band Silverstein. Joining the band as a guitar tech initially, he was the natural choice to replace Neil Beauchart after he left the band. Silverstein have sold over 1 million records worldwide, have been nominated for a Juno Award, and released their eighth album, I Am Alive and Everything I Touch, in 2015. We're looking forward to hearing more about Paul's career and the advice he'd offer to fellow musicians. Hey, Paul, how's it going, brother? Hey, guys. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure I just said brother. Pretty sure it just came out. I, I, I was going to say, how's it going, bro? And, you know, you know like the words just kind of messed all together and become like a mess of like some new words. Yeah, I prefer the long form. It's good. Yeah. How's it going? How's it going? Dude, it's going good. It's uh, very snowy in Toronto right now, which is, uh, you know, I mean, it's nice to look at, but it's bad to feel it. Exactly. I, I usually, I don't mind snow around the Christmas time, but as soon as Christmas is done with and we're in the new year, it's like, spring, please, now, give it to me. Yeah, they keep teasing us with it, but, you know, whatever. I chose to live here, and I choose to continue living here, so here we go. Exactly. Um, let's jump right into it, though. I want you to tell me three things about yourself that everyone should know. Yeah, I mean, I was, uh, <laughs> it's, I don't think, I actually, I'm kind of a private person, so I guess this counts as one, but uh, <laughs> this also means that there are many things I don't want people to know about me, you know what I mean? I'm trying to keep it. <laughs> uh, I think things that people probably know, like, I mean, I'm a Montreal Canadian hockey fan. This is the thing that makes a lot of people want to fight me. So uh, the last thing I'll say about myself is I'm a very bad fighter. So please don't try and fight me. I've never punched anyone in my entire life. <laughs> me too. Yeah, I've never ever been in a fight so far. Do you want to been... be each other's first punches? There you go. We could do, we do could it on arrange screen. That. Do it on screen or something or just a fist pump. I've, I've actually, I've been in one fist fight in my life. I was, um, I think it was, I was in grade seven or eight. I was actually, I was getting, I was getting bullied. I was getting picked on by this one kid, like every day, every day. And then you know, I, I would just kind of take it. And then this, this one day I just lost. I was like, that's it. And it went from like me never punching at all to punching this guy like eight times in a row, but he deserved it. It wasn't like, I, I'm not a violent person, but he never bothered me after that. That's a good fight, man. Well done. The, the greatest part about that I remember is the principal actually took me aside and suspended the, the kid. Which was awesome. He was all like, he realized it was it was good. Sometimes it's good. Moral victory, yes, it was exactly. Um, so I'm going to start this out by telling you or showing you the shirt I'm wearing here. Yeah, I know this. This is old school. It this is. This is before you were even in the band. This is years before. Story. Yeah, I had this. I actually had to I had to look through my closet. And I'm like, I know I have it. Where is it? Because I haven't worn it long. Oh, so that's why you took so long to get here. Yeah, that's why. Oh, that wow. because I was for my three year old to sleep. But <laughs> well, we'll have but, uh, to send you a new one. There we go. Yeah, do that, man. Um, so yeah, so how you been since then? Since I, we used to actually, I don't know if Ross knows this or anyone knows this, but we used to play some shows together way back in the day. I'm talking like, what is this, like a decade ago. 
You were just yeah, trying to be close to that, yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen you. I, haven't, I don't think I've talked to you since then. Yeah, I mean, that's probably true. I think, yeah, since then, I mean, busy, a lot of kind of lifestyle shakeups. I mean, obviously, Silverstein, I mean, we still played like 160 shows last year. Oh, wow. Um, so it's Which is nothing for Silverstein, though, right? Pardon me? Which is nothing for Silverstein, though, because you guys I, are kind of crazy. Yeah, we'd play 365 if we could, but, I mean, flying takes a long time, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it's yeah, it's been it's been really busy. It's been great. You know, there's been uh, a lot of opportunities to do cool stuff that you know I've wanted to do since I was young, and now that I'm old, I'm doing it. Now that you're old, <laughs> I think you're well, younger than both of us. I actually, say, I, yeah, I checked your date of birth on Wikipedia. You're younger what than both it? of us. What so. is it? Eighty-nine. Eighty-nine. Yeah. Okay, don't say you're old, man. We're older than you. Okay, don't do <laughs> yeah, that shit to us. Really old. <laughs> I know we're like the grandparents like honesty, or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. We're, we're like, well, I'm a dad. Two times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were part of uh, Silverstein's family, the touring family, I should say, before, well before you joined the band. How long did that go on for? And tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, uh, I want to say it was 2007 and I had just uh, left a band that I was playing in feeling pretty, you know, rudderless, I guess. Is that and the band that, that we used to play together? Kane and Abel. Kane, that's the band. I couldn't think of the name. There we go. Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, I had just kind of out of high school. I, was, I just left Kane and Abel. Didn't really know what I was doing. A really close friend of mine, Richard Fernandez, who now runs New Damage Records, which actually we just signed to. So, mm. it's kind of weird how that came full Congrats. circle. But he, at the time, was drum teching for Silverstein. And he said, why don't you come on tour for a few days? Get your mind off things. And, uh, and I did. And immediately, like, right after the first show, I was like, I want to work. Like, this seems like a great job. A lot of fun, you know, I, I kind of know all these guys. And so, yeah, at the end of those four days, it was the last day of the tour in Quebec City, I think. I asked Neil if he was interested in hiring me as a guitar tech. And he said, can you tune a guitar? And I said, yes. <laughs> uh, Hired. Through. And so, yeah, the ne- next tour I started. So it was early 2008, I remember. February 2008, I think. So from 2008 wow. to like 2012, I'd been working for them in some capacity, either guitar yeah, teching or selling merch or... Very nice. What, uh, what would you say you learned being on the road with them for all those years that kind of helped you when you actually became a, uh, a member of the band? I mean, certainly like a really, really huge component of touring is relationships, right? Like how you're able to, to get along with the people you're on the road with. And so, I mean, there, I don't know if this lesson has extended to me touring with other bands, but for sure, getting along with Silverstein, you, I've learned I took those four years to like, you know, you just get accustomed to everyone's quirks, what people like, what they don't like, you know, and maybe people know what I like and don't like. So like, I get really upset when people leave their shit everywhere. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I have to like move someone's clothes or backpack to sit down. I get furious and I stuff it in their bunk and they all know it was me that did that. (laughs) Do you leave little passive aggressive notes? Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I did that once. I I had, I had a a flatmate. Uh, we, We were sharing our flat and, uh, and he took all the cutlery and hoarded it in his room and all the plates. So my other flatmate and I had to uh, share a chopping board to eat our dinner off one night. So I left him a little note in the drawer saying, um, something like, oh, this drawer is sad. All the cutlery is gone. Can you please return it home? He did not like that. He did not like that. He then went to a whole other level with passive aggressive notes. No. And took like massive bits of paper and like wrote like how much he hated living there and plastered <laughs> it all over the kitchen and then stormed out. Um, that's not passive aggressive. That's no, just that's just aggressive. aggressive. That's Actually, like yeah, that, yeah, that's fight, right. right. Yeah, that's right. So, um, 
So you or don't going to a verbal dispute. Bring a gun to a verbal dispute. So uh, I would probably suggest don't do the passive aggressive <laughs> note thing on a tour bus because uh, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, in a yeah. confined space, and uh, that could probably that could probably actually end up with you being in your first fist fight. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's yeah. true. All right. Noted. That's good advice. You know what? I'm well, glad I could help. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do on this show, really. Um, well, speaking of being on a tour bus, you've toured all over the world. Um, can you, do you have any highlights or any cool stories you can share with us? Uh, I mean, yeah, there's, I mean, the whole thing really, if you, if you strip it down and kind of take yourself out of it, it is sort of just like one nice big highlight. I mean, I've got, I've got to travel to a lot of, a lot of cool places and been greeted with a rock show. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's great, but I say like the most interesting one we, we, I don't know why we decided to do this tour. It just like kind of came about in this like really piecemeal way that no one really noticed how much of a nightmare it was going to be. But we started in Ukraine and then we drove to Belarus and then to St. Petersburg, Russia, then took a train to Moscow, then flew into Germany and did sort of Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Belgium, Netherlands, then flew to Adelaide, Australia from there and uh, did a full Australian tour, then flew to Hawaii and did Hawaii and then home. So that was, and it was in March. So we were packing for literally every possible climate. Um, <laughs> so it was really relaxed and just chill. And it was so hectic. We used like every, every possible form of transportation, Oh my God! you know, every type of all the different like sort of geological things you could see. I mean, it was just really interesting, but the most taxing three weeks of my life, for that, sure. That was three weeks. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's insane. That's Yeah, there were no days off. It was just, oh if, if there was a day off, it was because we were on a plane or having to drive, you know. I mean, the, those Eastern European drives are not short drives. No. Even like to get from St. Petersburg to Moscow, that's an overnight train. So, I mean, the overnight train in Russia is something, if you ever get to go to Russia, you have to do it. It's like... It feels like it's the 70s still. It's very Wait, wait, isn't that a famous train? Um, what's that one called? I thought it was... So a, is it the Siberian Express? Is that, no, that yeah. is one. We, I oh, really okay. would love to go into Siberia. Okay. We've never done it. We were supposed to on this last time. We just oh. went back to Russia, actually. And uh, we were supposed to do some dates in Siberia, but it didn't pan out. And we were going to take that train. Yeah. That would have been a dream. It's like the Dar- Darjeeling Limited of Russia. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, yeah. it wasn't that, unfortunately. I mean, it's a it's a pretty popular commuter train. I guess in Russia, lots of people got to go right. back and forth. And we were some of those people. And it's a very strange experience. <laughs> well, that was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, th- yeah, that was a big, uh, a big one. I mean, even in that time, actually, we were supposed to have a day off. I'm remembering this now. This was a couple of years ago. But okay. uh, we were supposed to have a day off between... We were supposed to fly from Germany, get to Australia, and then have a day off in Australia to, like, sort of acclimate because the time zone basically. And uh, it's a really long flight. And we got to uh, the airport in Frankfurt when we were leaving. And they said, uh, Oh yeah, we, I know you guys have status with our airline and that's what this tickets, this is ticketed under, but it's actually being operated by another flight. So your baggage is going to cost you about 15,000 euros. Oh shit. So like, no, no, no. <laughs> Check that again. There's Wait. no way. Um, and they, I mean, the airline is always right. So yeah. They were right. Oh, wow. And they said the next flight that will honor your status is like 11 hours from now. 
And at this point, our bus is already gone. We have nowhere to go. So yeah, oh, we just, man. our day off got ruined and we sat in the Frankfurt airport for 11 hours. Oh, that sucks, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, airports are not fun to no. be stuck in yeah. for any length of time. And I mean, the whole flying experience is like extra stressful for me because I'm a, like a cigarette smoker. So uh, once you're through security, if you, I mean, you can't do anything. I mean, in 11 hours, I had time to go in and out. So it was like kind of very chill, but yeah, it's bad. The whole thing stresses me out. I'm stressed out just thinking about it. <laughs> I can feel it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I'd like to ask, um, because I was doing, you know, quite a bit of research. I was reading the sort of the AMA you did, you guys did on Reddit, and it seems like you're quite into meeting and hanging out with your fans at shows. So yeah. I just like to ask, in your opinion, how important is it for artists and bands to meet at and hang out with their fans when they're touring i mean it's it's paramount i it's like as the artist it's really i think important to like every night and go see the and meet and like hear from the people that you're making music for and there's no better way to stay in touch with your audience and there's you know it's really gratifying, especially if you're having a bad day. And, that, and that's like the toughest time to do it. I think too, if like, say I've had like a really terrible show or I'm sick or whatever it is, I'm just burnt out. Mm-hmm. It's like once you just force yourself to get off the bus and go talk to some people, it's, I mean, they're so welcoming, and, you know, so warm. Yeah. It really just keeps you, keeps you in touch with those people. And, and on the other side of that coin, I mean, there's nothing the fans want more than to meet the band they came to see. And so it's like a really, you know, win-win situation. Both sides of the exchange benefit from that sort of interaction. Well, have you been on the flip side of it where you've gone to see one of your favorite bands and gotten to meet them? <laughs> I'm way, way too scared to do that. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I feel like, yeah, most of it well, to be fair. Like a lot of my favorite bands when I was younger, I've now since become friends with based nice. on you know this new line of work. But even... When was the last time I saw a band that I, I mean, okay. So twice this has happened to me. Uh, once you guys know the band Propagandy. Sure. Yeah. So the singer Propagandy, Chris Hanna is like a, a hero of mine. I would say if I have heroes, he's definitely one of them. Right. And once we were at, we played a show in Winnipeg and we went to a bar across the road and he was standing at the bar right next to me wearing a Leafs hat, which pissed me off obviously because <laughs> I know he's a Leafs fan, but I couldn't say anything to him. I was way too scared to talk to him. Oh. And I, so I don't know. I think it would be presumptuous of me to, to say that the, our fans feel that way about us as I do about Chris Hanna. Right. But in the case that they do, I commend them for being the bravest people in the world. Cause I don't know how you <laughs> get the, the, the gall to do that sort of thing. It's so scary. <laughs> See, I remember that I, when I, when I, whenever I would go to gigs, I'd always be waiting outside um, to meet the bands and, the ones that, that actually came out and spoke to us, you know, I remember that. And every time mm-hmm. I, I listened to them, I think that it was really nice that they came out and they, they took the time to sort of sign our tickets and like say, hey. Absolutely. But then yeah. there were some members of certain bands who didn't come out and speak to us. And it kind of just sours that kind of relationship that I've got with the music a little bit, like, just a little bit. I understand, you know, bad days, tired, not wanting to spend time with them. Right. But it just... It makes such a big difference as a fan when an artist takes the time to even just say, hey, thanks for coming. Yeah. That sticks oh, with 100%, you. Oh, 100%, man. You know, as no, a fan. that's totally true. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. You, you don't want... 
what do I, what do I mean to say here? Like the, the act of going out in and talking to fans and, you know, the relationship that sort of builds like that puts a whole, like it stacks a new tier on top of the existing tier. Like if level one is you're a fan of certain, the certain band to like get to know someone in that band, even sort of personally, definitely like breeds a new connection, which is amazing for sure. The, the, <laughs> the scary thing that happens sometimes is, so say, yeah, I've, there's been times where I've been, I don't know, maybe kind of drunk or in a, <laughs> in a bad mood or really jet lagged and tired or whatever it might be, but my All mood three. is off to, and I'll yeah. have an interaction with a fan and later hear from another band member that they thought I was a jerk. It's like, man, I really wasn't trying to be a jerk. I thought I was being nice by coming out. Like I really want to just be in bed right now. Yeah. So I like, guess cause there's no obligation for you to do that, you know, but you still did it. Right. I mean, I guess that's the thing is like when, like, I want to go out and talk, everybody wants to do that in Silverstein. We're like very, very, uh, you know, we take that really seriously and we, we really want to do it. But at times when we, we can't, and then we make the time, it's like when people feel entitled to that sort of interaction is right. when, you know I mean? when it's not gratitude and it's not like a two way street and it's just pure entitlement. Right. It's kind of a frustrating thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's rare that that happens, I should say, but it does. Well, you know, I want to know, like, what exactly, how did you get into Silverstein from being on the road with them? What was the actual moment when they said, hey, join the band? Uh, Wait, I think in, you, already, you already answered this, didn't you? I, I kind of did. I, I kind of, I didn't really talk about the exact way that it happened. There, there's sort of like a moment that uh, is important in the story, which is while I was working for them, I want to say it was 2009 or 10. Um, we had just gotten off a U.S. tour or an Australian tour, rather. We did Soundwave in Australia, and we were slated to leave for a European tour. Like only a couple days later, on that tour, Josh had to sit next to a really, really fat man on a plane, and he had to sit all weird, and it ended up screwing up his back somehow. It was. Oh, it almost like, seems like too weird to be true, right, but it's right. true. And uh, so the day that we were going to fly to Europe. I mean, we were, everyone was either at the airport or on their way. Josh kind of made a call that was, I can't come on this tour. I'm in too much pain. I like, can't even lie down. I'm in trouble. And so he asked if he thought I could learn the whole set basically on the plane. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I think for sure I can do that. And so I learned, <laughs> for you. I think it was 17 songs Oh wow! that I learned yeah, I just started thinking about it. And then when I got there, I kind of ran through them with, um, with Neil, oddly. And uh, yeah, and I, so I ended up selling merch on that tour and sort of guitar teching and playing all the shows. And I did it on such short notice that I think when in 2012, when they parted ways with Neil, I think Paul just called me and said, like, basically, do you still remember those songs you want to play? That's perfect. Why would they? Why would they bother finding someone else when you already know them and you've already kind of proven yourself? Yeah, I mean, and, it's the, and they already catalog. like you. Just, and, yeah, you guys are already friends, and yeah, 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 for sure. Awesome. So, yeah. I, I'd like to know. Uh, we, we like to we do this show primarily to um, help aspiring independent artists and and give them advice. Have uh, people like yourselves come on and you know share real world advice, things that people can actually use. So for an, for an artist who wants to start touring, which is it's really important tour, but they don't know where the hell to start. You know, um, do you have any advice or um, maybe you know when an artist should start touring um, and just how can they can get on the road? Yeah, touring is a tough one because it's like very very expensive and it's easy to do. 
it's easy to do it the wrong way. I would say it's easy to do it maybe too early. Cause I think the number one thing with, you know, being a musician, being a band, being an artist, whatever it is, is the songs have to be good. Like you have to, you've got to be sure that what you're making musically is solid. And you, and you think that it's in its sort of final form enough that you are willing to spend the money and take it on the road. Because I mean, a van is not cheap and equipment isn't cheap and you know, gas is not cheap, especially as a Canadian band. Now going into the States, you're going to pay 30% more for all of these things. I mean, it's really expensive. So I think the number one thing for me is like, not even about how or when to get on tour, but when you have to be like uh, self-aware enough and self-critical enough to know that you're putting out a product that you want other people to see. I think too many bands rush into it with sort of bad material or weaker material than they're capable of producing. So that's my number one thing. I think not, not so much like, you know, buy a van here or, you know, talk to these people or hit these cities, but like before you even think about that, like make sure you've got good, good songs, good songs. Cause it's going to be the first impression that so many people are going to have of you. You got to pull it off. Well, the thing I find really impressed with Silverstein is the fact that you guys have been able to sell over a million records and you're not signed to a major label. You know, you, you, you as far as I know, you guys have always been on, on indie labels. Um, yeah. you know, which is amazing that, um, you know, I'm not to say major labels are the only ones that can get you recognized because obviously that's not the case. And it's such a small percentage of artists who actually get seen. Um, but you know, basically what I'm trying to get at is, you know, what's your opinion on the idea of having a long-term career versus, you know, bands who think like, you know, let's, let's just try to get signed right away and, you know, sell millions of records. Cause the way Silverstein's gone is, I mean, you guys have been around for over, well over a decade and, um, you know, I have been able to consistently sell records to now save sold over a million records, you know? Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that well. I mean, it's a good thing I don't have a podcast or anything. It's not like anyone's listening <laughs> to me talk. Fuck. Well, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> just one of those days. Like... <laughs> Sorry, listeners. <laughs> the the relationship between like album sold or you know longevity and popularity and a record label say yeah exactly I mean, yeah i think there was a time when that was a really uh er, there was like obviously a strong correlation there you didn't before the internet was really a thing which when silverstein started was the case i mean mm-hmm. they tell me stories of, like touring when they had paper maps i mean that seems ridiculous to me but um <laughs> And like one cell phone they all shared. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think now, interestingly, it seems like because albums are selling less, there's less revenue coming in from you know, albums sold. Labels are a lot choosier about bands they sign. There's less labels taking risks. Yeah, um, so like kind of sign everything and see what sticks model is sort of gone by the wayside. And so now we're seeing like, we're seeing labels not pull the trigger on bands until this band is our already built themselves to a level where it's a certainty. And, and then my question is anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it kind of seems like a strange thing to me. I mean, that said, like we just signed to rise and it's been great. They're yeah. really supportive of everything we want to do. And they facilitate sort of larger things that we would never be able to do on our own. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, for bands just starting out, the things that they're going to want are probably, <laughs> you know, they want people to listen to their music. And if they've already built that profile by themselves, I think just the ball's more in your court than I think bands want to make believe, you know? I think Silverstein has been a testament to how to have a long lasting career, a career that just, you know, is, is enduring. And, um, 
you know, I, I've seen a lot of the other bands that I remember back in the day that Silverstein used to play with. And now, now I sound old back in the day, but they've kind of disappeared. They're gone. You know, but Silverstein's still there. Ross and I, we've mentioned it, but we've talked about it before. Just anytime Silverstein comes up, we're like, man, they're still going. Good for them, man. Yeah. And they're still kicking ass and still, you know, playing all over the world and selling out shows. You know, that, I think that's awesome. And, you know, and who knows? You don't know exactly what it is. You know, it's the songs. It's the fact that maybe you guys, you know, have a connection with your audience. There's so many factors to it, but I mean, just fucking keep it's rocking. It's probably a combination of all the right things. Absolutely. You know, like so yeah. many things. I mean, you've got to be really lucky for sure. Um, it's also, I think, a testament to hard work. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't take, metaphorically speaking, we don't take days off. I mean, we still, we work really hard touring. We work really hard writing. We, you know, we never, we're, we've never been a band since I've been here and before. Never been a band that's been like, why don't we just take six months off and, you know, we'll come back to this. Like, we, we don't do that. It's, it's an all year, everyday thing in some way or another. We're always making videos or you know, trying to do something new. Are you ready for 20 questions? Yes, I am actually. Let's I'm do this. Practicing. Okay. <laughs> coffee or tea? Uh, coffee. Meat or veggies? Both. I don't have to choose, do I? Yes, you have to choose. <laughs> TV or Netflix? Netflix. Twitter or Facebook? Twitter. Yoga or yogurt? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Indie or major? Indie. Breaking Bad or Homeland? Breaking Bad, for sure. Homeland nice. Stinks. Best show ever, eh? Homeland's propaganda. It makes me sick. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Adams or Ryan Adams? I'm not Brian Adams. Nice. I grew up with him, man. Like, what a guy. You know, my aunts and everyone, my mom, all of them listen to him. And it's a great songwriter, honestly. He's so a great, great songwriter. Great songwriter. Foo Fighters or Nirvana? Nirvana. You have to think about that one. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't, I'm not a Foo Fighters guy at all. Now, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. And I don't feel... I'm not going to take this personally. Canada or Scotland? Mm. I was actually Game thinking Rose. about yeah, it. Yeah, you know... Wow. I'm going to... I really, really like Scotland. I think I it's great. Um, I don't know. I haven't lived there. We've got some problems here that I, I hope our new PM is going to solve. Yeah. Or at least come well, close to selling. So I'm going to say tentatively Canada. <laughs> tentatively. Or possibly moving to Scotland. Be nice though, Canada. Don't, don't push it, you know? <laughs> family guy or American dad? Oh, family guy, I guess. OG. Why, why I, I guess? Really like what, what would you pick out of adult animated cartoon series? Right? Oh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. I've never watched that. you got to watch it. It's the best show on television. How about Archer? You ever watch Archer? Yes, it's like that. Kind of. It's adult okay. swim still, I guess. It's, but it's okay, like I gotcha. way funnier. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, me too. Education or experience? Mm, man, that's tough. How am I supposed to one word this? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to college, so I'm going to say yes. What's that? Sorry, man. I didn't go to college, so I'm going to say experience, but I think education is very important. <laughs> Well, experience has worked out for you, so exactly. <laughs> that's all right. We're asking your opinion, right? But stay in school, right, kids? I yeah. I wish I could still go to school. Actually, who knows? Who knows? Uh, I don't know why this has been a question, Ross. But Drake or Kendrick Lamar? Oh, I would have said Drake up until like a week ago, but I just listened to "To Pimp a Butterfly" and it's insane. So Kendrick. Now we're going. We're going back a few years here. But Taking Back Sunday or the Used? Uh, the Used. I think the Used. Yes, the used. 
<laughs> Three times. He knows it's the use. Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Oh, Michael Jackson for sure. Michael Jackson. You don't, you don't like the power grab? I mean, I think Michael Bolton's hilarious, but... Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? That's a really weird sort of... Uh, it sure is, but it's, it, the whole point of this 20 questions is to get our listeners... You know, our, our, our listeners and your fans to learn more about you. So that helps. That really helps the distinction. Sure, yeah. Like Celine Dion and Marilyn Manson, right? I mean, I guess Marilyn Manson. I guess. I think Let's Celine's really cool, though. Yeah, her voice is phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I, I grew up, I, I was a huge fan of Marilyn Manson when I was younger. I still love him as, an, as a person. His music, eh, the last out few albums sorry manson but um i think he's just a all-around awesome artist but celine dion man she got I, mean, pipes. A tough call. I don't feel good about making that call just so okay. I, I often will suggest celine dion dressed as marilyn manson can be an, an answer or marilyn manson dressed as celine dion <laughs> that, would, that would be even more interesting that's probably already happened <laughs> <laughs> probably but ricky gervais or ricky martin Ricky Gervais for sure. I was just watching some cuts of his hosting of the Golden Globes actually last night. He's funny. I'm just going to go out and say he does not give a fuck. No, he's awesome. I love him for He just doesn't care. If if anyone wants to just like lose their mind in awkwardness, go look up the clip of Ricky Gervais this year, 2016, and Mel Gibson. Yeah. It was the most uncomfortable. Man, does he have balls. He just does not give a shit. It's awesome. Whale or kale? Whale? What's whale? Just like a whale. <laughs> oh, a whale then, yeah. So you could... It's best not to try to make sense of this. We don't really know what the fuck we're doing. We just, yeah, you know. Yeah. I imagine you could ride a whale and you can't ride kale, so whale. No, we can't. You can eat kale, though. I, well, I could eat a whale. You couldn't. Awful. <laughs> okay, you Ross, you care, and I'm going to sit here and cry. <laughs> we have another rhyming question because we love rhyming. Bette Midler or The Riddler? Um, Bette Midler, because I, I think I hate Bette Midler, but that w- that's what makes me love her, you know? <laughs> and the final question, <clears throat> I'm just going to come out and say it. This guy, Ross, or Marcio? Well, Marcio's wearing the Silverstein shirt, so sorry, Ross, but I mean, he pandered to my interests. I did pander well, to you. That's I pandered true. to you. That's true. And, yeah. Yeah. I almost, it almost makes me sick that I did that when you think about it. <laughs> no, and I still want to. Hey, there's been other world. times when you've done this, and it and it hasn't uh, actually worked in your favor. Yeah, so this one sh- time, it paid off. When did that? When did that not work in my favor? Uh, oh, I can't think. It's of happened now. a few times. I think you've blacked okay, out. So, yeah, yeah, I blacked them out. So uh, obviously, uh, people can find you guys at silversteinmusic.com. dot uh, com. Your Twitter is Paul Mark. Uh, Mark That's with right. C, right? And Silverstein is Silverstein. Uh, Facebook is Silverstein Music. Uh, do you have a Facebook you want to share with anyone or an Instagram or just uh, Twitter is the best place? Yeah, I mean, Twitter's a phone good. number, uh, you know, an, a <laughs> yeah, mailing address. Just, uh, <laughs> it's a 1 800 hotline bling. Uh, there we go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's good. From Twitter, you can get the rest of the stuff. Perfect. And as for me, I'm currently working on my second solo album, and uh, you can actually. 
get my side project, Midnight Soundtracks, debut album for play for free. Uh, you can hear my music on marcinovelli.com. That's M-A-R-C-I-O-N-O-V-E-L-L-I.com. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Spotify, which are all slash Marcinovelli. And finally, um, I recently released my um, award-winning album documentary, Walking Proof, for free as well. It documents the making of my debut full-length soul album, you can download that and watch that for free at marcianovelli.com slash walkingproof. I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. I'm also uh, in the early stages of my first book. Uh, you can check out my work and my blog at electrickiwi.co.uk. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and on Facebook, Electric Kiwi Design. This episode is brought to you by Chris Keaton Presents and Alyssa Parma. Find out more about what Chris does and how he can help you at chriskeaton.com and check out Alyssa's new music video, Fight, on YouTube. All links in the show notes. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. Paul, this has been awesome, brother. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.